Oh shit, bro! They done moved a button. Lord, <laughs> oh, hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome to your favorite podcast. I'm your host Keith B. This is episode 18 of the F Your Feelings podcast. The statement that's actually a question about faith, family, fatherhood, friendship, and everything in between. Listen, like I don't like when they switch technology on me, bro. Like I'm just being real. The button moved. I'm looking in the middle of the screen for the countdown. It's on the left screen. Meanwhile, seven seconds done gone by, and y'all just had to listen to pure silence. So I apologize for that. But with that being said, I got my brothers here tonight. Uh, my man Low, Mike, yep. David. How y'all doing tonight? Straight. Woo. Yes, sir. <laughs> Welcome yes. back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Bless. Yeah, dude. You know what? That's something we need to do. Like, well, whenever we get actually professional about it, if we had a keyboard where we could hit a button. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we could have Mace on a button, you know, and, and every time we, because every time we make an episode, it's usually about two months in between uh, the, you know, the episodes. So we could start off with Mace as, as an intro. Um, but with that being said, um, glad always a blessing to be around you brothers, be able to chop it up, talk about life topics, and uh, you know tonight's no different. We got a bunch of things we could jump around with. Um, as y'all all know, it's midterm season, so the foolishness is out. Mm. Um, we, could, we, we could jump on that. Um, got a lot of good topics. Um, I know, Lorenzo, you mentioned uh, the question, and this was kind of deep when you send it out. Do we even like us, like the solidarity in the black community? Like, what, what what's up with, you know, us as a people? And, and are we even, you know, fond of who we are? Because I'll be honest, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love... Black people, but I can't stand niggas. <laughs> Am I the only person that feel that way? And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, when I say that, I don't mean that in a you know derogatory manner, but like you know, because like you know, we call each other niggas sometimes, you know, and, and it's like a a term of endearment. But then at the same time, a true nigga is somebody that will steal your Amazon package when you home. <laughs> the audience, in your house. Can you believe that shit? In your house. In your house. And you and, and they see the ring doorbell, but they still gonna steal your package. Look right in it and they walk off with it. Exactly. Exactly. Like it exactly. Or, it's or, us or packages. Or you know, you place an order for some food, you know what I'm saying? You drive up to the store to pick it up. Now, why the white people do this? They set everybody food on the shelf as if we on the honor system. <laughs> And you show up and your food missing. And you only you know it's only one type of person that could have done that. Niggas. Niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with y'all, man. I can't. <laughs> so with that being said, I mean, let's let's I, I don't know, like let's go around the room, man. Like you how do y'all feel? Yeah, you yeah, go ahead. It a little bit more. Yeah, yes, so kind of where, where I came up with this topic from was, um, you know, it. Okay, so all of us are roughly around the same generation. Dave, you you are you a little bit older than us, but about the same generation. You know, we all grew up. If you said you know black folks this or black folk that, everybody was on the same page. You know what's up. Nowadays, you know, it seemed like anytime any kind of movement comes up for for us, quote unquote. Um, as soon as you mention something, people that don't agree with you trot out 311 million, you know, quote unquote, black folks that disagree with what you say, say, oh, it's not like this, it's whatever. And I don't care what side of the spectrum you are. You know, it's just 
people that's disagreeable just for the fact of being disagreeable. And even on things like spirituality, you know, I know people come from different places and they have different traditions and everything like that. But it's almost like if you come from a church background, you have people jump down your throats. Oh, that's not our religion. You know, I'm spiritual. You know, I go back to my African roots, all this kind of stuff. You know, we, we can't just be a community with differences. You know, it's, it's like there's what happened to the solidarity that we used to have. And like, do we even like each other anymore? Because it goes, it lately it kind of feels like it goes beyond just, I have a simple disagreement. It's like, I don't disagree with you. So I'm not even going to show up for your cause. Whereas, you know, traditionally black folks show up for everybody's cause. We show up for our causes, we show up for gay folks, show up for white folks that's like disagreeing with other white folks. We show up for Asians, Hispanics, whoever. But now it seems like, beyond just not showing up for everybody else we don't even show up for each other anymore so that that's kind of where the, the question came from is like do we even like each other anymore you know is is the era of a movement like black lives matter where we have some common cause is that even possible going forward anymore or have we kind of just been chopped up so much by the popular culture that it's every man for himself every household every family for themselves Man, that's a heavy topic, and then we can go a lot of different directions. So, like, I'm I'm split, right? Because you know, and everything you said, I, I absolutely agree with. Um, you know, in the fact that we don't seem to have solidarity now. I look at eras where we did have solidarity, and the one most obvious thing to point out is the oppression, right? Mm. When we are under oppression as a people, or we're faced with a major obstacle, you know, that's threatening our community, that's when you see us come together, right? Um, but like you said, even in today's you know society, that doesn't even seem necessarily to be the case. I think money, when money's on the table, and you know there's things that can cause you to sway your decision on certain topics, certain stances. I think that can really divide a community, right? Um, you know, because I hate to say it, but you know, let's let's be honest: black people with money and black people without money, they they move different, you know. And then, you know, it's, you got people like us where, you know, we're, we're educated, so we're somewhere in between. Um, and so we can relate to, to, to both sides, but then at the same time, um, you know, where does our alliances lie, right? You know, so I think I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, I think in, 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 when it comes to really big topics, like, I mean, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. I, I thought in the beginning um, there was more solidarity you know, surrounding certain incidents like Trayvon Martin, um, you know, but um, I think, you know, when, when, when the, uh, and I can't even say all black people had Colin Kaepernick, you know, back when, when he took the stance for the, you know, against the NFL, like it, it's kind of on a hit or miss, you know, um, you know, and, case and by case. And that's what I mean. Cause it's like, every new movement that comes out, you have more and more people that's like, well, I ain't about that. You know, Black Lives Matter. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I support the police, and it's like it's not about it's not about the police, like in your community and stuff like that. Like nuance is dead, and like you said, you know, it's it's, it's money. You know, if there's money to be made in being contrary or showing up and being that one black person that is willing to speak out against the cause. You know, they'll, they'll cut you a check real fast, right? And, um, you know, that's why I'm like, do we do we even like us anymore? Because on the other hand. You have a whole movement in this country that's centered around disenfranchising everybody that don't look like them, um, consolidating power, taking away people's rights to vote, 
basically getting rid of democracy. And, you know, you talk to individuals in like the MAGA movement, all that kind of stuff. And they'll say, well, I don't necessarily agree with this, that, the other, but they all show up for each other. And, you know, they're literally talking about destroying the constitutional basis of this, of this country, in my opinion, but they all stick together. So I'm like, you know, if you got people that's willing to go off like that, you know, why can't we get on the same page about, Hey, maybe you shouldn't kill black people, (laughs) you know? Right now. And and here's what I would say is throughout history, we always had a centralized place to go to get things done. I.e. the church, i.e. You know what I'm saying? Our communities, some communities pull together well. They broke down that piece. Now the church, everybody looks at the church suspect because the way that things have moved forward in this um, this era. Back in the days, everybody would go to the church. They would come down and say, hey, look, let's sit at the table. Let's figure out snick everybody sitting at the table come out and we got a clear plan of how we're moving now we don't have that we have the music generation to where everybody's listening to this everybody listen to that tiktok everybody getting information from tiktok tick information is moving so fast now to where you don't have that centralized place to go to organize and move forward as a unit and I think that is the big issue with um, with our community mm-hmm. at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because no, I, before we, we we could come together, but now nobody's coming together. We just came out of a 24 month everybody secluded, right? right. Not even well, these yeah. kids was in the same school, so it's kind of hard to reprogram people to be like, "Yo, look, I need you." I need you to come together. I need you to go out to vote. I need you to push the agenda of us coming together, not not even just as black people. You know what I'm saying? Because even in the back in the days, it wasn't just black folks that, that pushed the civil rights movement. Right. It was a whole group of collective people that thought the same to push an agenda. And now, no matter how much we don't like it, everybody's rallied around one person on the other side and they like, yo, he don't care. He's going to do whatever he want to do, however he want to do it. And we believe in that because he get our agenda done. You know what I'm saying? January 6th. How many people, I promise you, how many people has been locked up for that for over, you know what I'm saying? Five years. Name one. Not a lot of long sentences. I think, I think there's maybe one one dude that got six years because name he got one on tape, like <laughs> beating the crap out of a cop. But that's about it. And not only beating the crap out of a cop, cop died. I promise you, if it was this other situation, there would have been drastically different. Oh yeah. But yeah, the I thing know. is, is you have a community that has rallied around one cause, one thought process, and they pushing that fourth agenda. <laughs> well. I want to jump in real quick. Um, back to the the main topic about solidarity uh, amongst Black people specifically. I think one of the biggest changes that I've seen, I would say over the last maybe 15, 20 years, I think culturally Black people are comfortable segmenting themselves. Themselves not in the sense of me excluding myself, but 
segmenting themselves within their own individual cultures. Um, being, you know, if you're a Floridian, you know that like in a city like Orlando, you Haitian, you black, there's a difference, you know, or like our, our Hispanic brothers and sisters have been segmenting for years, you know, and they have no problem differentiating between the, the nationalities and the cultures. Whereas black people traditionally have been, oh, okay, I'm black, but now, you know, we are comfortable segmenting specifically. No matter where you are, you see clusters. I live here in Maryland, so I see a lot of Ethiopian people, you know, right. a lot of Nigerian people. And then if you see somebody that appears to be black, they may not identify as black. They may, you know, I'm, I'm something else. Or, yeah, I'm black, but I'm actually Jamaican. You know what I'm saying? So I think that also comes into play because you are um, holding on to the values of your actual, you know, your actual community versus the collective. So it's, I don't think it's so much that we have stopped loving us as a group. It's just we've adapted like everyone else has. You know, a lot of things that bond people are, are political parties and religion. I think those mm. are more defining than race and culture at this point. So, for for example, you know, there, there are some groups of people where the ethnicity and the religion intersect. They don't have to be exactly the same, but if you're under one of those collective bodies, it works. You know, we, we see that now in, in some of the things that are going on. But anyway, I mean, I feel you. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I rewind a little bit to um, mm -hmm. middle of the pandemic when people were really going in on Asian folks. Right. Um, you know, a couple of Asian folks got beat up. It was wrong. You know, not it not was justified or anything. But they turned that thing around so fast and had some, you know, national level laws passed mm -hmm. protecting the ABI people. And, you know, mm -hmm. right. So but you didn't hear anybody coming out and say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a Chinese American and I don't really feel like I'm affected by this. So I'm not really going, I'm not going to get down with the Filipinos and the Japanese and the Koreans. You know, I, you know, I, I don't feel like this is my fight. You, you didn't, I, I, I didn't see that, you know, I'm obviously not plugged in in those communities, but it seemed like when there was a common cause, it's like somebody that looks like they're Asian descent is being affected by this. And there's this law passed that's going to benefit all of us. Everybody was on board, you know, it, all that stuff fell away. You I know, agree with you on that. I but totally when it agree. comes to like black folks, you you don't even have to wait for other cultures or other races to jump in before you you even done saying the sentence. Hey, well, what about Chicago? What about all the black on black violence coming from black people? Just you know, they jump at the opportunity to cut ourselves down. And I mean, it even goes back to you know, I'm sure you guys all remember when we were growing up the the discussion about the talented tenth, and there's Absolutely. always been this perception of well, you know, there's there's the, the good ones and then there's the ones that, well, you know, we will try to help them out, but they, they don't really get it. And it almost feels like we are are very ready to leave a portion of our own behind because, you know, hey, whatever, you know, I, I ain't like them, that kind of thing. And it's just, you know, for a while we, we had that solidarity, but then, you know, after Trayvon Martin and after every single one of these movements happens, it seems to chip more and more away against our communities. And, and it just kind of feels like we don't even like each other anymore. <laughs> I, honestly, man, like just hearing you say that to be very honest is, is, is tough, right? 
because whenever, especially whenever you start talking about the legislations that was passed on Asian Americans, our biggest problem has always been we don't work together. Our, our biggest problem has always been if if somebody else is doing better, then somebody else is going to be looking at them, trying to tear them down because they are doing better. Instead of trying to figure out, yo, what are you doing? And then it, it, the reciprocal piece is the other person showing them how they do what they do. They're like, nah, I ain't still, nah, nah, I'm here. And it has always been this unbalance in our community. So even 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 as kids, like growing up, you always seen the dope dealer. You always seen the basketball player, football player. So we always, okay, bet. On the football field, it was equal. Because guess what? I could go out here and I could figure that out. In the streets, I could go out there and figure that out. But then again, you talking about somebody that's running running um, stocks and whatnot, we still haven't figured those pieces out because everybody is pulling like, uh-uh, nah, you, you ain't, you can't, it's only, it's, it's kind of like a lid on it. Well, we got a lot of individuals that have figured the game out. We got a lot of rich black folks out there. Yeah. Um, shoot, I, I saw one of my, one of my dudes, uh, Keith, you know, his, his dad, you know, we went to school with him. His dad is running a major utility in this region. He, he's the president, he's the new president. I don't know if you saw that post, and it's just like, you know, we got us out there, but, but they don't really, he, we don't, we don't, we don't. Get, he, 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 here's, here's the key. Here's the key. How do we sit at the table with everybody and right. sit at a table at an equal playing field right. without the, without the ego in the, the, the pompous piece of I've already made it. I'm here now. I got it. I got it because I don't care where you go. We prideful people. I don't care how you look at it. We are prideful people. And whenever you really strip it down to is like, we had to go through something. Agents, they had to go through a little stuff, but they had to go through slavery. Right. So whenever you look at it, it's like, it took a lot to get here. And I'm, I'm speaking from, I'm speaking from a business owner. I work my behind off. You know what I'm saying? I work my tail off. And some people that don't have the same work ethic, don't have the same drive, it pisses me off. Right. And and for me to, to, to come back and be like, hey, yo, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? I'm like, no, if you don't have it, then, man, I love you, but I can't slow down for you. Like, why am I supposed to take up for you when you don't even care? Come on, enough, right? That part, like that part, that's that's the that's the biggest issue. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, for real. Right, and that's and that's and that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I mean, just to echo exactly what Dave mentioned, and 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 you touched on it as well. That a mentality shift has to take place, right? You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, at some point, I'm sure all of us came from the hood, right? But at, at some point, we all had to pivot, right, Come on. Come and, on. and and shift our way of thinking and apply it in a way that society has deemed as, you know, this is the right way. This is the, the successful way, you know. And, of course, all of us want to get to that point where we got a seat at the table to, you know, um, be the change, you know, change the culture to accept more of us, like to 
go to HBCUs and look for more talented individuals or, or go to these black organizations and, and look for these talented black professionals and bring them more in, into the, into the light, you know, but at the same time, you know, and I hate to say, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm deliberately leaving people behind, but if, if, if I don't see that you're serious about it, right. Like if I, if you haven't made up in your mind that I'm going to grind, right. Cause it, it is a grind. Like, I mean, I know many of our listeners, they don't know each individual, you know, backstory to every single one of us. I mean, we, we haven't gone to that level of transparency yet, but ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know all four brothers on this call did, did not start at the top, right? <laughs> every single one of us had to climb. I mean, and I'm talking about like, you know, I mean, low. remember we, I used to work at the bowling alley, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like making $8 an hour, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like my, my man used to, you know, uh, be uh, sweeping up the old Connell Center, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, and then we talking like midnight shifts, working at like one, two a.m. You know, and so you know, you could look at the end product now, and you think like, oh, okay, like you know, these brothers got it figured out, you know. And then unfortunately, like Dave said, people will look at us on the outside and be like, oh, y'all niggas think y'all better than that. No, 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 no. I, that's not how it is, man. You got to understand the process, right? It's a grind to get to this get to this point. And I'm going to tell you like this, I will go out of my way. I will stick my neck out and put my name on the line for anybody that I know is willing to grind. Like, like if you willing to work, I'm, I'm willing to help you get there. But bro, if you ain't willing to work, listen, we can hang out. We can shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? We can sip, you know, sip on some crown and all that. But no, bro, like I can't, I can't pull you up the way I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, I, I move different. I think different, you know, and, and, and I can teach you what I've learned and what I've, I've absorbed, you know, in order to be able to operate, you know, at this level. But, you know, and then I try to tell my, you know, my people, like, especially my, my family, I mean, they, they, they look at me and be like, oh man, you know, he, oh, Keith got money. Like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. When, when you step into yeah. this arena, you get exposed to so much more. Come and on. Now you realize you really ain't making no money. Come on. Six, fi six figures Come is on. not, Bro, stop like six it. figures is like the baseline, bro. Like, Come on, stop like, it. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, I mean, and, you know, brothers be happy when they making 25, 30 an hour. I'm like, bro, like I'm trying to get to $100 an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a different shift though, man. You know, and unfortunately not everybody is willing to make that shift. And then unfortunately, you know, we do end up becoming somewhat polarized and we do end up becoming, you know, um, essentially segregating ourselves, right? You know, and then even to and Mike's you point. You know what though, bro? Oh, like, I, I, I say this though. Kate, it's not us separating ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's just we've been exposed to so much and right. we've worked our behinds off. Right. That part. And then if I see somebody not giving that type of effort, it's like, man, you don't really understand what it took me to get here. Exactly. That's the piece. And then they like, yo, you done changed. You ain't this. You you think you better than us. I don't think that I'm better than you. Right. At all. Yeah. I, I my, guess I just go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, my, my work, my work ethic is different. My right. thought process is different. I've seen more. Like I I don't want McDonald's no more. I I, I want to sit at, you know what I'm saying, Ruth Chris. I right. want to eat that because it's better for me. Yeah. I guess I just worry that, and I guess my main concern is kind of politically speaking. I don't mean just like voting blue or red or anything like that, but like, um, 
we've forgotten so much of the trauma that we've gone through to get to where we are in this country. And we're so ready to not, not, not saying that we have to be like, oh, black people above everything, but we're, we're so ready to put every other concern above that of people that are on that we forget that at the end of the day, this black skin don't wash off. And I'm not saying that everybody's out to get us, but we're walking down a path in this country right now as we vote in these midterms and in probably 2024, we're walking towards authoritarianism is what was happening. Mm-hmm. And we have so many of us that just, in my opinion, don't seem to care about what's coming. And our rights are so tenuous as a people. And people, I think people feel like a lot of our people feel like I'm insulated by my money or I'm insulated by my status or, you know, it's not my concern. And we're going to find out real quick that all of a sudden, um, okay, cool. You know, you can talk the talk on whatever station that you're on and people will pay you and they'll treat you right. But at the end of the day, when you are standing between somebody else and the political power that they want, they'll trade you in in a second. And that, that really hasn't, that, that part of our history as a country hasn't changed. And I, and I worry that we're about to experience that as a people and as a country, because we were flirting with this experiment with authoritarianism and fascism and the, the, you know, the end of a true democracy in this country. And it's like, once you go down that path of unfair of elections and corruption and, you know, making sure that people don't have a chance to change their mind about their political representation. Once you go down that path, um, it doesn't change for a generation. So it's like you, you, this happens and then you don't get to be like, oh, four years from now, I just changed my mind. It's like, no, this is locked in until a bunch of people get shot up or 20 years from now when everything plays out and we decide, well, you know, this actually is really not that great. Right. And it's like, this is entirely preventable. We, we see it coming, but we forgot the lessons of yesterday and what people fought for. And we're just willing to trade it in um, to, I don't know, make a pop hit, go viral, whatever. Here's, here's a question that I have. Here's a question that I have. How do we make it make sense to people that don't understand that? Like, I get it. And we we were talking about how hard we work to get to the place that we we are but here's a question how do we make it make sense to those that are not there because that's what i heard you just say well i mean it goes beyond just those that were not there because you know the civil rights movement was never about um tax bracket or you know political class it that was it was about who you were you know, it wasn't just about black people. It was about women. It was about gays and everybody else. It was about basic liberal democracy. Like, do you think that people should have the right to live their, their lives the way they want to without being told, you know, because you are X, Y, or Z, you can't do this. And, and, and I uh, get that. And and I and, and I really do get that. But for now, I don't think you can get that, that until you don't have it, is to answer your question. I mean, no, nobody, none of us have experienced that level of disenfranchisement of discrimination against racism, you know, going outside of your house and might not come back. None, none of us on this call have actually experienced that. And it's coming up to a time where nobody will have living memory of that, you know, but so here's here's the cuff. I think that, that we do because we have those conversations with, with that. We've had those conversations with our parents and they were afraid for us to go places. 
we have those conversations with our kids like hey look even now as kids like hey look situations are different what 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 i'm asking is like how do we come back to that central nucleus because because back then they had a central place to go they didn't care if you was jew they didn't care what it was they had a central location and they went to the church everybody came into the church look at you know snick you look at the civil rights movement you look at h rap brown them they had a central place to go how do we get people in the mindset of i need you but that's I need the thing, you like, that. you know, I agree that the church has always been a cornerstone in the black community, but I would argue that the shared experience is what forged us together more than anything else. Mm. Because it was like, it didn't matter, you know, what church you went to, because black it people did. have always been the same denomination, but we all experienced America. Here's right? the key, though. Here's the key, though, Zoe. Here's the key. We are all experiencing America right now. We're all experiencing the same experience right now, right? No, I, I would argue that we're not. You know, the we're people not. Small, you know, we even us, we have a certain level of privilege. You know, none of us are like you're a business owner. The rest of us, we're all making you know a, a decent amount of money. You know, we didn't have to experience like the pandemic the way somebody working minimum wage, two jobs at a time, and subject to the whim of you know whatever power that you know like a supervisor or a manager had over us like we we had some options and that kind of stuff and um I, you know i just and to be honest with you so i don't I, like i don't agree with that because my business could have failed just like anybody else's business could have failed just so happened i'm in the industry and i made it my point that literally i made it a, a point that the people that work with us they're not going without a meal on their table. That was my decision. And I did everything that I could to make sure that we were okay. And that's just, that's, that's my personality. I don't care who it is. Like if I needed to cut yards for the business and they, they working, then guess what? I was going to do that. Right. It didn't matter. I made a decision. And I think that that's, that's the bigger piece. When the people make a decision and come up with a plan and everybody execute the plan, then that makes the difference. Like, I love my skin, bro. Right. Like, I love being black. Like, it's nothing better for me in the world than being black. Because I understand through my struggles, through my all my bull crap, it created me. And I'm stronger than a mother. Like, <laughs> straight <Yeah>. up. <laughs> that no, that piece. I, I, I get what you're saying. And I so to answer your question, I mean, because you, you reference, you know, obviously in like the, the civil rights era, the um, the church being the focal point where a lot of folks came together. And, and, and it was right. You know, and unfortunately, you know, Christianity is can be polarizing for some people. Right. Like, cause especially the, the, the alphabet people, we don't I'm, I'm trying not to go, go too far on that one. But the, the only so so from a modern day standpoint, what is that that low that that place or that central location that we can all come together and and educate and you know I guess push an agenda? Unfortunately, it's social media. Like you know, honestly, between the influencers on Instagram, TikTok, you know, like 
I feel like, you know, you know, people like Kevin Hart, like people who got like, you know, a hundred million followers and stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Like these are the platforms that, um, you know, they have the, the access to the platforms that to me can reach the masses that could really push an agenda and get us to all be able to focus and, um, and, and really come together. So, um, and I hate social media, but I mean, that's, that's I just, do too. I swear. Social media is also not owned or programmed by people that look like us. I mean, it's not all oh, without interest. <laughs> I mean, you see what happened yeah. to all of the, um, the, like the people who come up with all the dances and, and think it, it goes back to like when it was the, the record labels, um, mm-hmm. they decided what became popular. Right. I mean, you look at the evolution of hip hop and rap. It, it wasn't about raw talent or, you know, like what was popular in our culture. It was, what they, what the people who own the record labels decide was going to be popular. What they deemed that we they was going to put money behind. So how do we become, though? How do we control our own views and our own agendas and push that forward? And, and that's what I was talking about when I was talking about you know there's there's not that common experience that forced us together like it was in the past because you know if you're willing to play the, the social media game and you know, be the, the right kind of dancing Negro, then you will become very popular and you will never experience quote unquote real racism. Like you won't, you won't go to work and have people calling you the N word. That's not, a, that's not of your race and not have an option because they're the only employer in your town and you don't have the means to move outwards. I mean, it's like, if, if you're willing to, to, to play to the, 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 the fiddle, then you can do exceptionally well. And I mean, if you grow up, I mean, there's a lot of our peers that have gone through that. You know, they they grow up, and then they they play along, and you know, they can kind of ride the current of acceptance in the culture and never have to experience. I've never been called the N word at work. I've had some stuff that was not that far away from it, but I've never been called that. But so, so here, I mean, here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I would say. They have always been there. They had that 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 section of people has always been there. They haven't went nowhere. That's always been an element of what we do. What we what what we don't have is clear guidance, clear plans, clear leaders, and being like, "Hey, look, this is what we're doing." And everybody buy into it because we have been so diluted and so sectionated to where everybody has their own thought process. Look like like Mike Mike just talked about. I'm right. black, but I'm 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 Jamaican. I'm black, but I'm Haitian. I'm yeah. black, but you know what I'm saying? I'm Ghanaian. I'm black, but I'm Nigerian. And well, unfortunately, we look at it that way, but whenever it comes down to other other communities, they like, guess what? I just don't want to be a minority. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting on that ever since MLK Jr. <laughs> ever since Martin Luther King and Malcolm X died. Let's be clear. We've been, we've been waiting on their second coming. We thought it was going to be Obama, but Obama was never going to be that guy. No, it, it, and they, so we, we go from pastor to pastor, from Creflo Dollar to whoever else, looking for the next coming to tell us, you know, this is the direction, and we're constantly let down because, you know, this is never about one person. The civil rights was never one person. It was never. No, just it was one. a. It was a community. Exactly. And, and here's the thing, though, bro. Like even, like like for me, people perish for a lack of knowledge. Period. You don't understand the situation that you're in. How could you understand the rules? How can you play in the game? That's that's always. And we right. for real, for real, we don't understand the rules of money. 
Right. Let's be clear. Like whenever folks say something about a certain community, the that whole community come out against them, and they they done. They they tell banks, hey, this bank ain't fooling with you no more. I don't care how much money you got, right? So until you get to the point where everybody's pulling together the resources and have an understanding of how we're moving, then, bro, is it's it's hard. Like the civil rights community, they was like, yo, this was wrong. Everybody wasn't Christian. That wasn't a Christian movement. That was a humanitarian movement. It was. And that, that was my point about the church not being the unifying experience. Because at the time, the church told us that we suffered from the curse of Ham. This was all our life. Right. And, we, and we, we, we submitted to that. So it, it was, you know, yeah, the, the church was the community center for us, but it wasn't because of the church by itself. It was because we had that shared experience of this is there's there's the the American dream and the, the the constitutional rights that we're supposed to have, but we're not. This country is not living up to the promise that it gave us. Guess what? Not nah, we bought into it, and people are not buying into it no more. Well, I mean, so and there's reasons for that, right? So unfortunately, we as a society, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about black people. I'm just talking about people in general. We're more reactive than we are proactive, right? Facts. So Lorenzo touched on it earlier. Until something is taken away, nine times out of ten, you ain't gonna get enough people to really lean in and buy into, you know, that we need to come together and, and really push this agenda. Because it don't Again, right. It doesn't, it's not hurting hard enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah, you seeing black people die on TV without due process, but like you said, it ain't it ain't hit you. It ain't hit your that wasn't your brother, your sister, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like you know, the Emmett Till movie about to come out, right? And, you know, I, I, me and Terry was talking about how the death of one boy and how it sparked an entire, like, you know, movement. Like, I mean, that, I mean, the civil rights movement, I won't say his death was the, the jump off, but it definitely threw fuel already into the fire, right? You know, and so I think you started to see that with the, 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 the murders by, you know, the police to, you know, people that look like us across the nation. But once again, It'll it'll catch some hype. It'll catch some fire for a minute, right? You'll see a couple protests. You know, you'll, you'll see, you know, some things change. But like right now, right, we in midterms. It's midterms. Like we talking about seats in the Senate, seats in the House. You got governors. You know that that, that, that up for reelection. How many of us are really out there right now, saying, you know what? This is the time to vote. This is the time where we could really make a change, you know, because to your point that I, I won't say the opposition, I'll just say the, the majority, they take that, the dumb votes real serious. This is oh, change yeah. because they understand the effect. They understand exactly. what it is. Right? Exactly. But see, but to be honest with you, most niggas didn't really vote. I'm going to be honest. Most niggas didn't vote until Obama ran for president. Let's Come honest. on. You know what Come I'm saying? On, especially so, midterm. I'm voting for the president. What midterm ain't got nothing to do with me? Ain't got shit to do with me. See, what I'm it's saying it's got and all that, to do with you, though. It's exactly. probably more impactful than the national elections. Come on, it is. It is. It is. But see, a lot of us didn't know that. A lot of us didn't know that for a long time. Now, I think more people know about it now. But then at the same time, it's like okay, when you start looking at the uh, you know the midterms, let's just be honest. I mean, in Texas, yeah, I, I know, I know better Aurora, you know what I'm saying, and, and and obviously Abbott, you know what I'm saying. But like most people in these states, you don't even know who your current senator is. Say that. 
or what you they stand for. Crying. You ain't look. You ain't even research the people you, you that's ain't on the clue. ballot to see see what they stand for. Like you ain't got a clue. And to your point, Lorenza, uh, the the majority they don't fucking know either. All they know is. We gonna vote red. We'll vote red, baby. <laughs> Voting <That's> red, <laughs> bleeding to the day we die. <laughs> you know, so you know. I mean, that's and they stick together. Now, I hate to say it, but let's just you know, ignorance is bliss. You, you feel me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can the, the blind that that and that's what unfortunately that party loves about their base. They they like keeping them in the blind. You know what I'm saying? Like like I love when I hear the ignorance of. Uh, people talking about, you know, let's get rid of Social Security. I'm like, my nigga, your grandmama is on Social Security. You're right. You are been Aren't you on Medicaid? Right. You know what I'm if saying? You, like, if you disabled, you pay, you get paid out of that system. Exactly. Facts. But they don't, they don't, they don't know that though. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't even realize you're voting your own demise. Yeah. And I mean, keep it 100, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, I, I understand why people, you know, talking about red versus blue. I understand why a lot of black people are disillusioned with Democrats because they do the same thing over and over. Oh, we need you to go to church. Hey, you know, I like to come out here and just say a couple of words in the pulpit, get the black vote, that kind of stuff. We got a dude here where I live. Every mailer that I see, he got black, old black folks up on the mailers. And it's like, and then they get them in there. And then what happens? It's just like what happened these last two years. Every issue that we care about, oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. And then they get to two months before the midterms. Oh, we don't have time. We we tried, but we don't have time to get to that. And it's like, well, then why did I vote for you? So I definitely understand the disillusionment. But I mean, it's like, like I was telling you about the um, like earlier, the, the coming illiberal democracy, kind of like what's going on over in Hungary, where, you know, Viktor Orban, he's, he's like, hey, look. We ain't doing this fair elections thing. You know, this is how it's going to be. We're going to stack the deck. We're going to control the elections. We're going to delegitimize anybody that says something against what we want. It's going to look like a democracy, but really it's going to be rigged to be what we want. And right. there is a political party in this country that has said that's exactly what we want. We don't, they don't even hide it anymore. They say that's exactly what we want. That's the way we need to go. And it's like, okay, I hear that you're saying that you're not happy with both parties, but at the same time, there's the choice between bad and apocalypse. And, yeah. you know, if you don't participate, then you <laughs> don't get to pick. And if you say, well, I don't like them. They haven't done me well. And I'm going to pick the apocalypse party. Don't be upset when you get an apocalypse, right? Here, here's, here's my question, though. Like, even, even with that being said, how do we fix it? Involvement. I mean, a lot of this stuff comes from the fact that like Keith was saying, we don't get involved in the political process outside of national elections. Power power flows in this country from the local level on up. And yeah. uh, that's something that one party in this country has understood for a long time. They've targeted yeah. state houses, local elections and all that kind of stuff. Because honestly, in, when you when you vote on that ballot, the ones that are in your city and your county and your state, those positions matter more to your day to day life than the national ones for, for nine times out of 10. But see, we don't really we don't really look at it like that. And right. it's like the other thing is we think on this kind of like two, four year term. Like, no, this is a this is a generational thing. This like, is you a don't, strategic you don't plan. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't you don't come into this thinking like, oh, I'm a vote, and then you know, we voted in this one election, everything fixed. Wow. No, it don't work that way. You gotta you gotta come in, you gotta show up every two years, every four years for decades if you want change. It is that. ten to fifteen year program, right? 
Because, I mean, I think about where I'm from in South Florida, the, the way it's looking now, that was planned when I was a baby. They had that, and they, they told her. My mom and my, my folks tell me about it. They go down to them city planning meetings, and they had that plan, 20-year plan. And it's huh. like, if, if you want to be a part of that process, you got to think long term. But it's not but, sexy. It's not hot. It's not going to go viral. It's not going to be a social media sensation. It's not going to make you a lot of money. But if you want it, if you want your country to look like what you want it to look like, if you want it to live up to its ideals, you have to be involved for the long term. Here's the key, though. And I hear generational wealth a lot in our community. I hear that all the time now. But that's just generational wealth being played out from a vision of visionaries, people that see 10, 20 years down the road. That's exactly what I heard you just say, bro. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people be thinking about generational wealth like, oh, well, you know, I didn't I didn't get it right. You know, I'm not making seven figures. I don't have no generational wealth. That it doesn't necessarily mean it. It means generational wealth for your family might mean holding on to that house between generations. Come on. One house. Yeah. And, and that can be the basis of success for your family 20, 30 years from now. But it can't just be you thinking about, oh, I get this bag today and that kind of stuff. It's like, no, I'm going to make some sacrifices and I'm going to hold on to this house because I understand what it's worth. They ain't making new land. And I understand that I need to take care of my community. And when things affect my community, I get involved at this level and rally the people in this community to care about it. Because 20 years from now, if everybody is sold out and, you know, sold to developers and foreign, you know, companies and whatever, and nobody cares about it, you're not going to have a community. And that kind of stuff doesn't turn on one year, two year decisions. You have to be invested. And you just said, and I put a pen in what you just said. It's like, hey, look, literally, we got to be invested in this point. And no matter what happens, we're all invested in this point where we are, right? I don't care what you come... The dollar amount don't mean anything to me, right? But the collective agreement, the collective us, the collective folks that we made the decision that this, we're going to stand on this, that means more than money or anything else. And guess what? How do... Like, I go back. How do we get to that commitment? How do we get there? That that is my question. How do we get there? Because I promise you, if if if, if I got an acre, right? I got an acre, and, and and this is this is my family story. All right, my granddad he had a whole lot of land, right? Passed down to my grandma, passed down to my uncle. It came to my uncle, and guess what? They came with the right dollar amount, right? And my uncle, because it came to him. He didn't have the whole understanding of how far that land came to. He didn't understand the struggle. Now he get it because it's a whole different situation. But he didn't understand how the business transaction, everything that came within that soil, he didn't get it, right? Right. All right. And guess what he did? He sold it. Yeah. He sold it. Sometimes things happen, but I'll say this. But so, but so here's my thing though. Like even, even, even with me and my daughters, bro, 
I teach them all the hard parts. All, all I want you to know the good, the bad, the ugly of this, right? You see me outside of the house. You see me doing 16s. You see me doing 12s, right? So you know the struggle that we had to get to where we at. So we got a common ground, right? And I'd be dang if I let anybody in any generation. At, I, I, my expectation is for them to teach their kids after I'm long gone. That is my expectation. Some expectations is you to go to college and get a degree. My expectations is every god doggone thing that me and my wife has built. Y'all seen the struggle. Y'all seen the, the hard parts. Y'all seen where we came from. I take my daughters to Panama City to see the pink house. So they be like, oh, that's that's dad, you came in the ghetto. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 ain't come where you at right now. You that, that's not where we started, and you get like my daughters get it. Like my my eleven year old, she's like okay, business minded. She like nah, we gonna run this. Right. My 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 thirteen year old, she like I ain't stun business. But guess what? I teach her. Hey, you don't have to worry about business. I need you to understand the struggle. And that's where we lost it, bro. A lot of folks don't understand the struggle that people went through to give them what they got. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if more people knew what had to take place in order for us to even be able to vote, then I think you hopefully, I'm encouraged that if if more people knew that, then they would take voting a lot more serious. Bro, for us to have this conversation on the phone with, with four brothers and being honest, Right. Uh, on 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 the internet, I'm like on the phone. Y'all know, oh, but for us to get on on here and just be honest and talk about it, yeah, that that's a whole that's that's a whole. It took so many people dying to be very clear, and I don't, no. don't want to get deep. It took so many people going through stuff, yeah. right? For us to be on this point. And I think that's where we miss it. I think that because struggle creates tenacity. Struggle yes. creates strength. Struggle creates literally like tough folks. Right? Yeah. Good times good times create create people that's like, ha, ah, yeah, we're good. Uh, everything is great. Let's not speak bad, but then again, something happens, then guess what? You need tough people to come in there like, F this. I'm going to tear everything up. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually, as much as I don't want that to be the case, I do agree with that that statement. I know the phrase that you're, that you're paraphrasing, and um, I wish that we could move past that. But that's I think that's human nature, bro. I, I really do. I think that's I think that's human nature because we get comfortable where we are. And that's something that I've always taught my daughters. Never, I say it all the time in my house. Comfort is the biggest dream killer that ever came across. That's true. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny. I think it's a cultural thing, though, because like I'm going to just say this and I ain't, I ain't trying to, you know, start no war, but <laughs> white people don't never seem comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they, I mean, they want to talk every goddamn thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, bitch, let's build a spaceship and go to the moon. We're going to start a whole plantation on Mars. Like, nigga, you ain't just comfortable being on Earth. Like, can we 
can we can we just be all right with just living on earth yeah, yeah. Right. that's a whole nother podcast right there <laughs> exactly oh my god so wait well, man you know we we always you know it always get heavy it get deep you know let's that's let's light it up man. you know for, for these last few minutes my, my man mike let's bring mike into the conversation mike 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 asked a a, a real last question why do problematic people make surefire music and when he said this i really thought about it would there be a mike without joe jackson no <laughs> uh, kelly would would tina turner be who she was if it wasn't for ike beating her ass <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying let's let's really really <laughs> think about it man let's think about it like if if you know and and, I, and this one gonna hurt so i and i ain't, I ain't even trying to make fun of this but would Kanye be Kanye if it wasn't for, unfortunately, the passing of his mother and Facts. his crazy ass ex-wife? <laughs> I don't know, bro. Facts. I don't. I, I, it, 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 he made a great. I mean, like, 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 think about Beyonce. Now, I ain't, and I ain't trying to start no war because I know the internet destroyed my. You got hard to talk about Beyonce. Oh, we finna get. All, listen, listen, nigga. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Lemonade wouldn't have been shit if Jay Z didn't do what he did. That's all I'm saying. We banned already. You done caught a whole behind. Listen, listen. He wouldn't have messed with Becky. We wouldn't have had Grammys for Lemonade. (laughs) I can't lay it on his mic. Lay it on his mic. Mike, what's your take on it? To our listeners, if you're still listening, thank you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's it's but but you know it it was something that I thought about, and you know we're FYF so. We, we're going to hit it from a different angle. But essentially, a lot of the music that's created is rooted in trauma, you know, unresolved trauma or whatever type of stress. And it's it's an outlet. Unfortunately, a lot of trauma that people re- receive, they sometimes, whether it's um, intentional or inadvertently, they transfer that trauma onto other people. You know, specifically in regards to music, you know, we talked about, you know, R. Kelly, you know, that's a controversial topic. However, you know, if you look at his past, he had experienced uh, multiple types of trauma as a youth and was never able to or never chose to whatever, not my business. Um, He was never treated or healed from those traumatic events and later passed those things down to other people, which none of those things are right. Um, I just find it fascinating that a lot of people who've dealt with even extreme trauma in situations like that are able to uh, turn that struggle into a craft. Now, what they do with that craft, that's their choice, and how they deal with uh, any issues surrounding those things, something else. So I, I was just, it was something I was thinking about the other day. I thought it was funny, but that's truly the essence of, of what I am, am questioning. You know, if, I don't know if you all have seen uh, some of those shows unsung. Uh, for example, The DeBarge Family. Their, their their story is horrible. It's right. absolutely horrible. Right. They've dealt with uh, sexual abuse, sexual trauma, boys and girls. But as a family, as a collective, they, you know, churned out El Jabarge. They churned out Chico DeBarge. They turned out uh, Switch or Bobby DeBarge. Jams, anthems. But, the you know, what is what is the cost for us to get these songs that we really love and, and you know, and, and cherish and listen to? So well, you yeah. look at the Jacksons, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like I know Keith joked about it, but yeah, um, we we saw the Jackson movie. I mean, I watch it every time they show it. I know it's like 172 hours, but it's good. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, bro. I mean, you know, you're right, though. Like, I mean, I think about like all the people that's like, I mean, let's, let's, let's first say this much. Do we all notice that usually somebody, like, if, if a new artist coming up, usually that first album is fire. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Because typically they done been through some shit. Like, mm-hmm. they was homeless, you know, and barely making money to get into the studio, you know, to, to record. And that, and that, and that, and they soul be on that first album. You know what I'm and saying? And they so, get comfortable. Mm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Like so, they, man, then they get comfortable. <laughs> Bitch, don't get too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you ain't been robbed in a minute in his shows. Yeah, and that's like David Banner, right? He said he got that. They robbed that van of his. They stole everything out of the back of his van. Bangers. Right. <laughs> But yeah, man. I mean, it just. It, but to Mike's point, like, I mean, like, I, I was a big Marvin Gaye fan. Marvin Gaye was crazy. Like, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah. You know, I mean, his daddy had to shoot him. So, like, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, it, 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 it's a lot to be said in that, in that, in that uh, statement. So, or uh, even, even, man, like this new cat, Lil Russell, man. I really like this new cat, bro. I'm but, old. I don't know who that is. I don't yeah. even know who that is. Yeah, I gotta give him, give him. A oh man, y'all gotta check him out. But he honest. You know what I'm saying? He like. For real, for real, doing everything on his own. But, you know, he speaks about his situations and his traumas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of like everybody, Kanye, like even like Kanye, the first two Kanye albums was my joint. Those, was, yeah. those, I'm like, that's why everybody hollering, I wish Kanye would go back to being Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, 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 man, I promise I feel you on that one. Like that one, that one is major. Yeah, man. So, well, I thought I ended on a on a high or at least a little bit lighter topic. But, hey, man, as always, man, God bless y'all, man. To our listeners, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, you know, as always, man, we are so appreciative for y'all to even just give us a a few moments of your day just to you know either talk about something real and heavy or talk about some tomfoolery. So, you know, hopefully. You took something away from this conversation. As always, you know, we're always looking for feedback. So always feel, um, you know, comfortable to be able to stop by our, our, our Facebook page at FYF Pod. Um, you can hit us up on our e- email address at FYFPod at gmail.com. And if you want, you can drop us a line at our phone number, 813-644-9606. Man, it's always a blessing when the, when the four of us get together. Um I always look forward to our, our recording sessions. I know we don't do them as often as we would like. You know, I mean, we got life that we're dealing with, families, jobs, and all that. But, you know, nice. I, I really do appreciate y'all brothers, man, and being able to have these conversations, you know, in a safe space. So God bless y'all, man, and take care. And um, does anybody have any closing remarks, you know, outside of what I just said? <laughs> Sheesh, man. Go vote. Go vote. If you haven't already, it's midterm season, and – uh don't mistake reading about the news and reading about politics with yes. being engaged. Go go get involved, volunteer, talk to your city commissioners if you got something wrong with your neighborhood and uh be about your community. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. Midterms means everything. You know what I'm saying? The big general, the whole big thing like that. Nah, these midterms directly affect you. Please go vote. Please yeah. do that. I- Absolutely. If you in Texas or Florida, you better get your ass up and go vote. For real. You better you got get... two of the craziest motherfuckers running. running <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Dude, like, I, uh, real quick, before I, before we get off, man, I ain't, listen, 
I ain't, I, I ain't going to never, ever tell y'all who to vote for or what to vote for. All I'm going to say is this. When you watch them commercials for Governor Abbott and you see them people talk about women's oh. rights, the Uvalde incident, and that damn winter storm. <laughs> that damn. I, I mean, I'm going to be shocked if this motherfucker win another office. But with that being said, God bless y'all. <laughs> God bless y'all. Go vote. You know, I love it. And make, and make sure your your voice is heard. All right, y'all. Man. Oh, David has been telling me how much he's missed this. Like, we literally talk about, we talked about this every week for the last three months. <laughs> So 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 yes, y'all. We got to do this again, y'all. I, I know things. Life is crazy. Um, I'll tell y'all what I got going on. I was sick for a month, y'all. Um, my kids been sick. My wife been sick. Kids sick again. It's sick season. So everybody, take care of yourself. I know. I know everybody's still not talking about the big thing. I know COVID is still out there, but nobody's talking about it no more. It's still there. You know, it's flu season. It's cold season. It's RSV season. Seriously, everybody, be safe. Take care of yourself. Have a good time and be respectful of others. You know, if, if you got something, if you can, stay home. Stay your way yeah. home. Whoa, thank you. Right. Seriously, if you got, if, if you know you got something, I understand we all got to work. I do too. But seriously, if, 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 if anything, ah, you know, just please. And, and don't send your children to school because your kids play with my kids and now it's my problem. And I got to be the responsible adult again and keep my kids home, run them to the doctor, figure it out. And now I got to sit at home for three days with them and entertain them. Fact. I don't want to do that. Fact. That's why I pay taxes. Go to school. Fact. I'm tired. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's always a pleasure. Y'all have a good one. To our listeners, thank you again. And God bless. All right. Peace. Hey, yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite new podcast. It's your boy, Keith B., with another episode of F Your Feelings Podcast Statement. That's actually a question about faith, family, fatherhood, friendship, and everything in between. We have an obligation, you know, amongst ourselves. As, as we obtain this knowledge, we have to pass it down. I often wonder how would I move different in those type settings. You know, we, we never had no liquor in the house or no wine, so, like, you know, <laughs> we, was, we believed in holiness. Just even inside this one room with four black men of roughly the same generation or adjacent generations, we come at that completely differently. The things I pray for, I pray for all, every day I pray for when I'm making a decision, I pray for the Lord to make it clear, make it plain, make it obvious.